Therefore, there is now no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who are in accord with the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are in accord with the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace, because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he has raised Christ Jesus from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, sweetheart. Okay, well, two months ago, doesn't seem that long ago now. So, good morning, good morning. Um, you know, just, uh, we'll pray here again in just a second, but, um, you know, Doug and Carrie were so gracious to uh, teach yesterday at the marriage retreat, but that necessarily meant that, uh, he said, but somebody's going to need to cover Sunday because there's a lot of prep that goes in. Well, RJ had already taught, and Brian had already taught, and Jeff teaches all the time, and I, yeah, I already, I'm, I'm going to do that. I, I offered it up, and uh, I'm glad I did. I'm really excited to be here today. Um, I was thinking about, just so you guys know in the back, these are avocados, if anybody's wondering. I'm just letting you know, if you haven't seen it up close yet. Um, no, I, I, I will tell you, though, that uh, God's grace in this is amazing. Because uh, when Doug, Doug came to me and he said, hey, John, it is right in your wheelhouse about this passage. And he is so right. It's been, and it's, interestingly enough, this passage in my life has been um, challenging. When, when you read that now, the, the New Living Translation that was on the screen, which might have been a little hard to follow along with Kim reading the NASB, um, the, uh, it's, it has language in there that kind of twists and turns, and if you, if you don't know what's going on, it can get a little bit cumbersome. So um, I really love that God did that because um, I don't feel as encumbered with it now. Um, all right, so let's, let's pray for just a minute, and then we will uh, start talking here. Father God, I just uh, want to lift up your spirit, Lord, your powerful Holy Spirit, Lord, that um, has been working on my heart and mind uh, for this message today, Lord, Lord, I am so excited to see what we are going to hear because there are so many elements to this, Lord, that there's no way possible I'm going to have the time to get through all the stuff you put in my heart, so I am just excited to see what actually you're going to bring out. So we thank you, God, for your living and active word that is going to pierce people today and, um, and hopefully wake up our hearts and minds to the reality of what 
no condemnation means in our lives as we walk forward from today um, in that in-between of not yet there, but still in the physical, Lord. Just let your spirit ram these points home today out of your word that the people would be edified and you'd be glorified. Oh, God, please let that be the reality of my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. So, interestingly enough, um, I think some of you went to, you know, it's so weird being up here that I don't have to get off in five minutes. You know, it's just, it's just different. It's just a side note. I said, okay, am I done? All right, it's 10.54. Oh, wow, we're early. You did that. Brian, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for maybe holding your hands down. I want to pray, but I'm going to let John go. I appreciate it. So, I don't know if I'm going to fill all the time, but I maybe could. <laughs> no. Um, so, years ago, some of you went to um, Northwest Community Church, I'm guessing. Anybody in here go to Northwest? Anybody ever hear Larry Wright preach? Okay. So Larry Wright um, is, uh, was Skip's father-in-law, the church that we planted from at West Valley over in Surprise. And one time Skip said this. I don't know if it was at a service. I went to Skip's Abundant Life um, Bible study that he took over for Larry back in the day that was on Thursdays, I think, or whatever. And, I mean, it's really where the Lord turned my heart at that, that place to... Um, start seeing the Word of God for what it is. And Larry had a, um, you know how you all have a prickabee um, in your Bible? You know, like in Romans 5, for example, the prickabee in my Bible says, faith triumphs trouble. Well, Larry actually put together in, in his summation of 5, 6, 7, and 8, his little prickabee. And it just stuck with me. And I wrote him in my Bible. Um, and the first one for Romans 5, because remember, chapters 1, 2, and 3 are all about God's judgment on sin. And then in 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, he starts to introduce Christ and the gospel throughout that. He's obviously talking about the gospel in the first three, too, but he's a lot of God's judgment in that, too. So in 5, Larry wrote down what he had there was, we are free from the pending doom of sin. You know, when I... So in 5, he says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. And then it slides down even into verse 6, for we were helpless, and at the right time Christ died for us. That helpless is not like a baby who can't defend itself. That helpless is, is actually like you're dead. You know, we see that reference quite a bit in, in the Bible, right? He, Jeff just read it, and dead in your trespasses, and the Colossians 2 verse, and Ephesians 1 just always is the one that pops into my head that you're dead in your trespasses. So that helpless there that he's talking about there is that. So anyhow, just as a form of review. And six, we are free from the power of sin. Remember, Paul's building that whole case in four and five, getting into six. And then it says, when he's talking about the grace and that we're free from the pending doom of sin, he's saying that, so, should we just continue to sin that grace may abound? God forbid is kind of what he's saying there. He's an exclamation point, but don't do that. And then in verse 7, of course, Doug's been there the last two weeks, that we are not free from the presence of sin. You know, in my mind, just goes to that 14.15. It says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold into bondage to sin. That's that Doug's been talking about. We're not there yet, and we're down here in the physical. That's that bondage. We're still, unfortunately, got these sin suits on that we can't break free and be fully engaged with our Lord. For what I am, verse 15, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I am, what I am not practicing, 
Did I just say that wrong? What I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. Any of you in that place ever that you're kind of coasting along with life and, man, but then all of a sudden it just happens. You go off the rails for a few minutes and, or whatever. So it's not a good place to be. But Larry's Prickaby, I just call him that. I don't know if that's what Skip said. But victory from the Holy Spirit. I am so excited, guys, that we're going to talk about victory from the Holy Spirit. So let me tell you where we're going to go on this. Um, as my, I love that um, when I started reading this, and it just so happens that God did pick the, I think that's the big word in the sentence that you go, condemnation. So just, just as a, a point, I'm just going to ask, I wasn't necessarily going to do this, but when you hear the word condemnation, people shout just a couple words. What, what comes to mind? What did you say? Hell. Hell. Shame. Life sentence. That's good. I like that one. Who's one more? Guilty. I love it. Those are all very good words for that. So that word did resonate with me. I'm going to switch gears for just a small second on that. A lot of us, through our life experiences, you know, we all have them. And uh, interestingly enough, Carrie, I, I had Carrie at the conference yesterday gave just a little scotch of her testimony, and, and we had breakfast with the Abrils, and Angie did the same thing. And as I was preparing this, people like their little scotches of um, their testimony. Scotch is a little thing, by the way, <laughs> for you younger people. When, when they were going through their testimony, it was ringing in my ears because God's been pressing into me a little bit that... All the garbage and stuff that we go through in our lives, and we all go through it, guys. I mean, we all have our stuff, and, and really, I don't know if we can ever do that on a church-wide level. It's such a healthy thing, what Carrie was talking about. But the Holy Spirit, that's not what I want to say. That stuff that we go through sometimes can translate into that condemnation that we feel. You know, they, they kind of semi-connect. So we're going to go through this, through these, through this passage and I just want you guys to kind of have that ringing in your head. Is, is what you're feeling, is it conviction or is it condemnation? Because there is a difference. And, and I just want you guys to kind of internalize that. And if it is condemnation, is it real? And do you need to own it and keep it? The answer is no. I'll just, I'll just tell the spoiler right now. But why is that? Why don't you have to own it? All right. So are you guys in Romans 8 yet? Romans 8, chapter 1. Therefore... Now, we're going to stop there. Usually, when you're talking about, um, you're right, Doug, I should have planned better on the space here. Oh, you know what? I just had another thought. I actually did, and along the same lines, I did just a little mini survey of a couple people before I came up, and I asked them the same question I asked you guys about the condemnation thing. And one of them said some of the same words you did. And I said, okay, when you feel that condemnation, do you feel that unto salvation, like it affects your salvation? Or do you feel it otherwise? And they, she interrupted me. They said, oh, salvation. It's really? I said, so when you feel those feelings that you're being, you know, you're guilty or whatever, and you're saying whatever, it's to, to salvation? They go, uh-huh. Okay, that's important. We're going to come back to that in a second. The other person said, and they said, oh, I, um, yeah, I just not, I'm just not right with God. I said, so it's just that in your walk you're not right or salvation? Oh, definitely not salvation. Just my walk. So 
the reason I say, I think that's generally, and I'm glad there's a lot of young people in the, in the room, and if you pay attention, I won't say one, two, three eyes on me. I'm just letting you know. No, I'm just kidding. I like that. Um, but there's a lot of young people in the world or younger believers or believers that aren't, don't have a firm grasp on what the Lord's going to share with us today through here, that if you're questioning your salvation, I'm, gonna, I'm going to, through the Holy Spirit today, and I mean that sincerely, it needs to be through the Holy Spirit, to give you some security and some understanding and a place where you can rest and know that you're going to be okay. Because it's so vital, you know that. You know what? And for some of you that aren't even to that point, you know, I'm praying for you right now. Hopefully I'll talk about you later. But uh, for you people that claim to be believers, and I'm, I'm not doubting that, I just want to give you that, that thing through what God shared with me through his word. All right, so normally, therefore, back to that therefore. Um, you know what I need to, I'm not to therefore yet, huh? I'm at the question of the day. Is that question of the day up there? Thanks. Follow your notes, John. <laughs> All right. So, are there parts of your life where you still feel you are condemned by God, and if so, why? So I was kind of just addressing that, right? So kind of have that in your head. Paul, you know, it's interesting. Paul, we already talked about, was talking in the first seven chapters about the gospel. It was the gospel. And then he... Um, he ends up going into the gospel in verse 1. But before I get there, follow your notes, John. Um, you know, we all struggle with, with our stuff. And uh, we, I talked about that a few minutes ago. You know, we have fear of people. We have, and that, that's a biggie for me, you know. I had a kid when I was like, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. His name was Mike Pritchett. And... Uh, his, his, he was a couple years older than me. He's kind of a tough kid. They came from a tough family. I mean, kind of a, a real, um, they liked violence, let's just say. And Joey um, was about my age, but I was over at their property. Um, again, 10, 11, 12 years old. I wasn't very old. And I just wanted to be liked, right? You know, I just wanted to be accepted. You know, just wanted to, so I, I go over to this area, probably, should, probably shouldn't have been there. And, uh, and they're all spitting. Well, oh, if you're going to be cool, I guess you spit. And uh, unfortunately, it's still a habit of mine, sorry. Um, no, TMI. So anyhow, they, uh, he spits. Well, I think that's what you're supposed to do, so I spit. He starts threatening me to beat me up if I don't lick it up. It was, if you can imagine, that was a little bit of trauma in my life. I don't, I don't want to get hurt. I'm just a little boy. I'm just trying to, I, I don't know exactly why I tell you that story other than to say we all have our stuff and I think it affects us on how we, and you guys are going to agree with this, this isn't a surprise, it affects how we operate in relationships with our, within our family, friends, church, etc. And to understand that all the stuff that we're going to talk about, if you can overlay stuff that I'll incorporate into here over the grid of we're supposed to be Christ to a, to a lost and dying world and don't stay there but give yourselves grace to move through those things and get help that maybe can do that, but primarily through prayer, the Holy Spirit, time in his word, fellowship. Those type of things, the reason we talk about it so much is that's the single best thing that our Lord can do for us is have us spending time in his word with people on a regular basis. And if your faith is a real faith, it really should be a real thing on some level, whatever that looks like in your life. You know? So I'll let, leave that up to you. 
Um, okay, I think that's enough of that. <clears throat> All right. How many times have I started no condemnation? Uh, verse 1 there. All right, so I am on to condemnation. So it is a judicial term. Who said, um, who said the legal thing? What did you say? Do you remember? Life sentence. Life sentence. It is a legal term. It's a judicial term that means the opposite of justification, right? That we are justified by faith alone. Faith alone in what? The gospel, right? In Jesus Christ. And it's only made possible through the powerful work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, it is by God's grace alone that that is the case. Um, and like I said, it is a judicial term that you would use in the court of law. This means there's no sentencing. There's no punishment uh, for the sins the believers have committed in the past, now, and in the future. So let me say that. There's no condemnation for the sins that you committed years ago, the sins you're going to commit today, or the sins in the future. It's so important to internalize that and separate your sanctification, our walk with the Lord that we struggle to live life in the in-between versus, you understand what I'm saying. All right. So, paradox. I like that word. I use that word a lot. And actually, I brought my phone up because I wanted to read something here. Um, the, that word paradox, a seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement. A seemingly absurd or self-contradictory statement. If we know that we are sinners and that we struggle with that, but that there is absolutely no penalty, no condemnation, no sentencing, no consequence from that as far as our eternal life and our salvation is secure, is there any reason why we should not feel really good about where we are with the Lord, if you are, in fact, a sealed believer in Christ. So let's, let's move on a little bit. Um, it does represent a complete end to the sin problem relating to salvation. Praise God. Um, it's through Christ's death. It's not his life, guys, or his, or his perfect teaching that we have salvation. It is through his his death and his resurrection. Blood had to be spilled. Somebody had to pay the price. So for those who place their trust in Christ and what he has done on their behalf, there is therefore no condemnation. It is because of him, not us, that this is done. We are saved. All right. So I'm just going to hit this just a second longer. I said all that about condemnation. If you're sitting out there and you think that you have something to do with, if you have something to do that with the fact that you have no condemnation with Christ because of something you feel you have done in a, in, done on the good side of the, you know, we talk about the scale, right? Of, hey, if I just do enough good and not enough and, and less bad, then I'm going to be all right with God. That's, that's a lie from the pit of hell, guys. That is not true. If you think you have anything to do with the condemnation that you are feeling, stop it. <laughs> it. You are effectively taking Christ off the cross, putting yourself on there, and you don't want to be on there because that's what you're going to pay for your penalty. And we, Nobody wants to do that forever. And it also completely flies in the face of our Lord saying, I don't believe that you did what you did for me. And it's just, 
that's not a good, good place to be with the Lord. It's just not. You know, and, and unfortunately, our hearts are really challenged with that stuff that we somehow, we want to we climb and, you know, up and down off of that, that altar all the time and own our sin in a way that's completely unhealthy. It reminds me of a story. Years ago, I told you I was going to that Abundant Life uh, ministry with, uh, and Skip was a teacher. I'd already been going to West Valley for a short time. And uh, one day, after six months, I'm walking out of Skip's thing. This is 14 years ago. It was kind of a turning point in my, my walk and God getting a hold of some of my insecurities because I have a lot of them. And uh, I said to Skip, I said, you don't really like me, do you? He looks at me, can you imagine? He looks at me, he goes, and the, and the Holy Spirit was so good, I'm telling you, God used this. And, and some of you have heard this story in here, so don't say the punchline. God, he was so good, because he looks at me, he goes, why'd you say that? And I thought for a second, I said something. I don't even know what I said. Didn't matter, it wasn't the right answer. And then I, uh, I said, huh? He goes, no. He's looking at me. And I didn't know to pray at the time about that. I mean, I'd only been a believer for 14 years, and yeah, you know. I'm not not too bright, guys. It takes me a while to get things. Anyhow, he looks at me, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. I went, pride. And he goes, yeah. Guys, we, we beat ourselves up and hold on to stuff we ought not to be holding on to. And that, that, the shame, the guilt... The condemnation, the, the, you know what, really? Those are really good biblical terms. Mine was just flat out insecure junk. It was just John wasn't good enough. I was the, the you know, Doug and I are very similar in a lot of ways. I was, I was a woe's me, I'm a sinner, I don't deserve this, thank you God. Which is all true, but you understand the heart in that, the thread of the pride that I'm taking that on myself instead of having victory in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us. And I, I don't live there enough. I've gotten much, much better. And um, I just uh, appreciate that God did that. Remember, because Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is more deceitful than all else. It is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Jeremiah's talking there, guys, that our hearts are so deceived. We have to run that filter of what we're thinking and what we're Believing is true in our lives through the Word of God. You know, 1 Corinthians, um, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, that I think I actually did this on purpose. There you go, look at that. Oh, that's not the right verse. Never mind. 13, 5. The, uh, he's talking about, don't, you know, unless you fail the test. He's talking about passing a test. And, uh, I'm just going to go to, I'm oh, sorry, guys, I have to go to it real quick. 13, if you guys want to go to 2 Corinthians 13, 5, just a second, get you audience participation. All right. So this, this actually is really important based on what we're, uh, what we're talking about here. All right, so 13, 5, it says, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do you not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? What's the test? It's a changed life, guys. If, if, this is why I think the easy believism 
and the walking on, I don't know people's hearts, and I don't know how God's going to sort it out at the end. But for somebody to say, I'm all right with God because I walked an aisle, I said a prayer, and I'm good, and they keep on living exactly like the world and don't look any different. That, to me, sounds like Matthew 13, the parable of the soils. Some fell on this ground, some fell on this ground, some, some only out of the four soils. You guys want to look at that? Write that down. Matthew, four, Matthew chapter 13, it's in a couple of the other Gospels, too, at least one. That, that is saying that that lasted for just a few moments, but it wasn't real. Only one of the four soils was long-lasting. So again, in my boldness in the Spirit, don't hear me saying that I know and that they're wrong. And da, 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 da. I, don't, I, don't know any, I don't know hearts, and God is the only one that knows hearts. All I know is our lives should look different, whatever that looks like. It doesn't necessarily look like getting up here for everybody, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, uh, I digress. All right, let's, are we going to talk about this actual scripture? Okay, that's a long intro to say this. All right, Romans chapter 1. We're going to get through that. Let's get through. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Literally in Christ, we believe uh, we become like him, taking on his attributes, thinking like him, acting like him. We are in union with him. You could almost, I bet you could use that in a, in a wedding thing, right? So, because that's what we're talking about. We are the bride of Christ. We will be united with Christ in heaven someday. And uh, so that's what that is talking about when he says that. Let's go on to verse 2. Let me get my notes in front of me so I don't mess that up. All right. So, verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life. What's he talking about there? That's actually a cross-reference to Romans 3.27. It's like 3.23, like, you know, for the wages of sin is death, through 28. If you guys want to write that down, I'm not going to go there right now. For the law, and it's called the law of the law of faith. Faith in what? Faith in the gospel. He's talking about it again. He spent the first seven chapters talking about the gospel, and he goes right back into it. So for the law of the, of the spirit, all right, for the law of faith, in the spirit. This is, in the, in the first seven chapters of Romans, guys, he is talked about the Holy Spirit one time. One time in the first seven chapters. In chapter 8, 20 times 11 of them in here, I think. I think I counted that. So this is, the, this is why Larry, I think, put on there victory in the Holy Spirit. And so the law of faith in this of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the life of in Christ again, in that unity, right? Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What's the law of sin and death? I'll come back to free in just a second. The law of sin and death is God's law. He's holy, he's righteous, he's good. You could, you could really filter that through the Ten Commandments also, but ultimately that's what he's talking about, is Jesus has set you free. Free from the condemnation, right? In the context of what he's talking about, there's no condemnation because we are free from the law of sin and death. For, into verse 3 there. It says, For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh. What's he talking about there? The law was perfect. It's God. It's God's law. Perfect, righteous, and holy. How are we doing at keeping the perfect, righteous, holy law? We're not doing good at that. That's why it was made, because our flesh was weak, it made the law weak to do what God would like it to have accomplished. He wanted us to, he wanted to have union with us forever. 
and heaven. That's what the whole purpose in this plan of the thing laid out from the beginning. So weak as our flesh was through, through the flesh, God did. That's all of your Bibles have um, did italicized. You guys see that? I, I, I kind of like the way when I see that, it says God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might not be filled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. So God took his son, put him on the cross for us. We've got to back up. We've got to slow down for just a second. That's just, I can't just go by that. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Sin, our, sin was condemned by Jesus so that we would not have to endure that condemnation. You guys get that? The, the full wrath of God and the sin for us and everybody who would believe was poured out on Jesus Christ so that we would not have to endure that. All right. So, like the sin of flesh, an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That's just what I was talking about there at the end of verse 3. So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. And I just talked about that too, right? The, the requirement of the law would have been us paying the price for, his, for our sin and not him. All right, so let's, um, let's talk about verses uh, 5, 6, 7. I gotta, I'm sorry, guys. Doug warned me about this, about getting my notes mixed up. Um, one of the reasons, guys, I am going to take a second to read this um, because I think it's important. You guys want to turn to Ephesians chapter 1 for just a minute. So in Ephesians 1, in my Bible, I have them all highlighted, but from chapter, uh, I'm sorry, 1, from verses 3 through uh, 14, I want you guys to understand, when I'm, when I'm talking about your security in, in the Lord and who did the work for us, God, 21 times in this passage here, um, uses the personal pronoun for himself. So in verse 3, blessed be the God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in spiritual and heavenly places. Okay, so verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, so he, ch- that's two, right? I'm not going to count them along the way. You guys follow along. That he would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intentions of his will to praise the glory of his grace, which he freely, he freely bestowed on us. In him we have redemption through his blood for the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. And he lavished on us 
in all wisdom and sight he made. So I could go on. The, the one I want you guys to see at the end, look at verse 13. In him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, if you guys are hearing the words from me right now and from years past, the people who have talked to you about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, then you are saved. And right here in verse 13, hearing that message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. You Guys, we are sealed. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more, and there's nothing you can do to make him love you less. Stop trying to perform when it comes to your salvation. Now, I'm not saying we should try to perform after that also, but again, back to that evidence, if you are sitting here and you aren't sure if you're passing the test because you belong to him, that your life isn't changed, then, you know, that I'm going to just, I'm going to pray right now just for a second. Lord God, I lift up um, just the people in this room. If there is anybody who is just not sure about their salvation, well, we're not going to do an altar call at the end, but I am just praying supernaturally that somebody, whether it be one of the elders or the leaders, that if they just aren't sure that this is the safest place. There is no condemnation judgment for us. If they have a question and they just want to know if they're right with you, Lord, I would just pray that they don't even have to say anything, that they would hang out near us and that your spirit would prompt us to know that they want to ask us a question and that we would engage with them to bring them life, life to the fullest, Lord, in, the, in abundance with you. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Out of the point of interest, though, I, I did kind of have it in my heart. Elders, could you guys raise your hands? Because that might be a good way to narrow it down. Oh, Brian's at the, at the resort, huh? So we got Jeff Dacus, we got RJ. Oh, and Doug, Doug, yes. Uh, so anyhow, I'm gonna, the reason I had them raise their hands, guys, of course, you know, I never introduced myself. Did I say I'm John Morris? I'm one of the elders here. Not the sharpest one. Okay, thank you, thank you. Okay. Am I? Perfect. All right, guys, we're going to rush through this. That's perfect that we're over time. Okay, for those who... Hey, we're in chapter 5, 6, I'm sorry, in the verses back in Romans 8, you know, most of the time, guys, when we talk about sin, we think about um, Romans chapter 3. And the, how it says that no is not, not one is good, not one is righteous, no one understands, nobody's seeking after God. This actually is a really good way to just lay it out. For those who, I'm in verse 5 right now, for those who are according to the flesh, set their minds in, on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit, for the mindset on the flesh is death. That, that whole thing that he's talking about there. Is, is talking about the difference. He's, talking, he's flip-flopping back and forth between believers and people who um, are not believers yet. And that's what he is, is talking about in there. So the mindset in verse 6, for the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is, is peace and life. But the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. Yesterday's daily reading in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, when he's talking about leading up to being ambassadors for Christ, if you guys read that, it's talking about that being that, you know, you're hostile to God. And believers, this is why, if you guys ever wonder why nice people, it seems like, oh, he's such a nice person, but he doesn't believe in the Lord. It's just, on our flesh, it doesn't feel 
right necessarily that that person could spend eternity separated from God. Do you guys hear what I'm saying on that? So, but this is the, the, the crux. This is the difference. The difference is our hearts. Our, our, is your heart for the Lord and the things that you do as you're walking out your sanctification, not for your salvation, right? That's settled. Your salvation's settled, but as you're walking out your salvation and the things that you do, is your heart doing it for the glory of our king or for the glory of you or me? And that's the difference. The nice person. I had the weirdest thing last Saturday. Um, Stan's been seeing me for years. He's from Czechoslovakia. And he came over here. He was nine years old. He converted to Catholicism. And all I said is we were talking about how bad the world was. I was running his credit card. And I said, yeah, I'm just convinced Jesus is going to come back. I just threw it out there. And he goes, yeah, me too. So 45 minutes we talked. He doesn't understand the gospel. He really struggled with the the, it, was, it was a really great conversation. We left. It was, it was really good. But do you understand the difference in his heart? And, oh, by the way, his driving force in his life is just to make it a better place where he's been. Such a nice guy. And he is. I'm not mocking. He is a super sweet man. But, and, but in, as I was reading this, it clicked in me of, oh, that's why the nice people, you know? I mean, because not that I didn't know that, but it really, it really brought translucency to that. How much time do I have? No, I know. I just did it on purpose. I actually have like eight minutes. It's like I have 45 minutes. I started. Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> I'm focused. I'm just kidding. I'm, guys, I'm not trying to embarrass the pastor. He warned me about this stuff. And I, uh, I'm not a very good listener sometimes. In this context, is that a sin? You know what? <laughs> no. Guys, you know what? I, believe it or not, you guys have seen me flipping papers? This is the notes for, chat, for verse 3. <laughs> um, <laughs> real quick. I'm sorry. For, yes. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I think John might be getting in the way a little bit, but I think you guys are getting the point on some of this. So, all right. Hey, Do we ever put point one up? What is point one? So hard as human beings. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, I apologize, kind of. So, for those on, can YouTube see that? What's point two? <laughs> I know what that is. What is your mind set on, guys? We've, we've actually been weaving in and out of that. that um, and I, I'm going to... Hmm. No. Yeah, I apologize, guys. Says for the mind. Um, let's look at uh, guys. I think I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna wrap this up. That um, yeah yeah. I'm sorry. I just got the very thing. You know, I don't want this to sound um, like uh, you know doom and gloom with the, with the Lord. 
you know, I, I did there, um, and I hope it didn't sound like that, but Matthew uh, 11, 28 through um, 30 says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, um, we uh, don't have to um, always worry about how we're, um, I guess, living in the right way for God. The hurts, the, the, the pains, the rejection, the stuff that we go through, sometimes that condemnation uh, can come out in, in our relationships and stuff that really um, affect our walk. I know I, I kind of said it, but I want to reiterate it before I wrap up here, that the things that are important to God, you know, is a, is a humble and broken, con- contrite heart that um, can be pliable. And, uh, and though I got a little lost up here today, guys, hear my heart, that as, as we go forth from here and as we live out the gospel in our lives and what that looks like, um, understand that no matter where you're at in your walk, I want you to feel secure in your salvation, first of all, through the power of the Holy Spirit, not because of anything I said. Remember, that. let's read verse 11 real quick. Thank you, God. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ from the dead also will give you life to your mortal bodies through his Holy Spirit. The Spirit, guys, that is living in us, I, I heard one pastor um, teaching on this when I was kind of preparing, and he said it, the Holy Spirit is powerful. That same spirit that quaked the earth, that rolled that stone away, that brought Jesus back to, that's what it just said. That The spirit is the one who raised Jesus from the dead. God did. Jesus did. All three of them did. But this verse is the one that the power is living in us is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. How can we possibly not go forth and have just, just remember that just in our lives that when we're struggling, you know what? I got the power of the Holy Spirit in me. It's not me. It's not, it's not what I say. It's not what I do. It's, the, it's Jesus living. I'm living. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit living through me to bring glory to God because of the finished work on the cross of what Jesus did for us so we could have salvation. That's the bottom line. So I'm going to go ahead and have you guys start whatever you do. We're going to go ahead and have um, you, you sing. That's right. Communion. <laughs> Um, also, if you guys want to start preparing for that, uh, you know, I'm, can I tell them about, yeah, no, no, you know what though, I did scratch, um, you know, I just touched on living free right there, and you know, I actually, I, I, I was going to say it if I would have gotten that far, that um, I was really compelled to scratch the, the whole third part there of are you living free? Um, so I, I got out what I think that I was compelled to get out, um, and that last part there, that the Holy Spirit that's living in us, guys, is, is powerful, and it's what we need. But that doesn't preclude, you know, we are trichotomous beings. We live in the physical. We're on our way to the spiritual. We're stuck in between. And there is a place, I do believe, in this world for, for doctors. You know, it's just a, it's a good idea. 
You know, we learned some stuff about the mind yesterday and the science, and, and that stuff combined with prayer to understand how we can operate better in our life to bring glory to God and to help others live a life that is full of joy, right? What is that, John 10.10, 10, I've brought you life to give it more abundantly, and Ephesians 3.20, you know, that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about that the Holy Spirit can help us with, as well as convicting us when we're struggling with sin, you know, don't just keep sinning. Repent. Turn. Go the other way. Stop it. It's that habitual sin that will get you in trouble. It's not the day-to-day stuff. And when you screw up and you tell somebody to shut up, you guys, I'm not sure you guys remember that story. I told the guy at work to shut up. It wasn't good. Um, but God convicted me, and there was glory in him in that. I apologized, and, and it, was, it was good. So... Um, I, but I had scratched the rest of that, and I just uh, wanted you to know that. So it wasn't that um, I was wrapping up early. So as um, you guys are going to do a song of response, right? Perfect. I'm going to have them do that, then I'll come back up here in a minute, and uh, we will talk about um, communion. All right, let's pray real quick. Father God, I, um, I thank you uh, for this time up here. I... Uh, Got in my head a little bit, Lord, and I, um, I know there's grace in that. I pray that uh, the things that this body of believers was supposed to hear is what they um, heard. And, um, Lord, that your spirit would speak to their hearts. Again, Lord, you did it all. Lord, I can't, I can't think that a better passage than in Ephesians. That even precluding that, we were dead in our sins. And you, through your powerful Holy Spirit, woke us up. It's like we were dead on the sidewalk. What can we do with ourselves if we're dead on the sidewalk, Lord? Nothing. But if a paramedic comes along and breathes life into our lungs and pumps our chest and all of a sudden through that CPR, all of a sudden we're back to life. We didn't do anything. We were no part of that. That's what you did to our dead, cold hearts, Lord. You took our heart of stone, made it into a heart of flesh, and now we can live free knowing that we belong to you and that we don't ever have to address are we right with you or not again because of the finished work of what Jesus did on the cross. That's what I want people to hear from you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you for this time. And I just um, praise your name. That even through a guy that's got a mess in his head, can, you can work through. I thank you, God, so much. In Jesus' name, amen.